Good evening, afternoon, night, morning, or whenever you're finding a way to watch or listen to this podcast. I'm back with a familiar friend, uh, Cuthbert of uh, SSN Army. And, uh, you know, we're not going to talk about what happened this past Saturday. There's, there's probably enough people talking about what happened this past Saturday. And, like, you know, it's, I, I don't want to talk about it. Hopefully we write the ship for Delaware State. I don't not, want any part of that. I uh, there's <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's it's all it's all full steam ahead. It's funny. It's funny because um, like uh, Jackson, my co-host, he huge Florida fan, and um, you know, like uh, they lost they lost to Utah on Thursday. He's like, oh man, I felt physically ill watching that game. And I'm like, man, what an exaggerator. And then come come this Saturday, you know, watching watching Army melt down in the fourth quarter like that. I, I won't say I was physically ill, but it was a very it's a very, uh, very bad experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just to kind of put a pin on it. Uh, it was very difficult to watch in real time. Um, you know, this sort of my thought process had been like, okay, we're going to win. It's not going to be very pretty, but okay, it's a building block. Then we melt down. Then I wake up in the morning. I did a pretty extensive uh, Twitter thread about my thoughts on the game, and I did. I had written that without like listening to anybody or reading anything. I just wanted to kind of be alone with my thoughts and my game notes. Then since then, listening to more podcasts, reading articles, other write-ups, I've been like, ah, maybe I was a little too positive when I woke up the next morning, but, uh, but it is what it is. I don't know. I'm, I'm a very firm believer in let's not forget where we came from, which was the absolute dregs of college football. Um, and not just in the early 2000s, but also, you know, following the 2010 Armed Forces Bowl. You know, we, we went through another dip there just right before Munkin got there and right after he did. So, you know, let's it's real easy to get high expectations real quick. But let's just be thankful that we got a team that's worth watching and worth talking about. And we'll get there when we get there. Exactly. I mean, I couldn't have said it better. I will say from a college football fan perspective, there isn't another coach that I'd wrap at me that I want my team to lose to than um than Terry Bowden. I almost said Tommy, then Terry Bowden. Because he just turns around like programs with really little uh little success in division one. First he did it at Akron, and I firmly believe that ULM will uh will be a bowl team in the next couple of years. That's if they're patient with uh Coach Bowden. But uh that being said, I mean congrats to ULM. I have no ill will against that program. They've struggled for a while. Well, and now we have to cheer for them the rest of the year because if they can finish like whatever eight and four, we can be like, see, guys, they weren't that bad. So that one, like, maybe wasn't such a bad loss. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, what better team to root for to go eight and four, like seven and five, or make a bowl than ULM, who has the lowest budget, I think, in FBS? Um, so, you know, true underdog story. So, I mean, good on them. Yep. So I guess that puts a ball on that. But, uh, the topic, strangely enough, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Air Force this weekend. As Air Force is kind of a high-profile showcase game uh, this weekend against Sam Houston State, where it'll be kind of like a, a 1984 uh, Blue Bond, or sorry, 1985 Blue Bond Bowl legacy game, where Air Force will make its way down to Houston at NRG Stadium, the house that Andre Johnson built to play Sam Houston State. And to be honest, as an Army fan living down here in Texas, granted the other side of Texas from Houston. I'm kind of jealous that Air Force gets to do this. So, Cuthbert, I want to know your like your thoughts on this, and um, if we were to get into a, a potential future game with Army and Sam Houston. So this this Air Force Sam Houston game just seems so out of left field to be in an NFL stadium, in my opinion. And I don't say that to be critical of either program. Um, 
But, you know, Air Force uh, has a stadium of 46,000. Um, I know it's under construction now, but, but you know, for the last however many years, 46K, not a team known for lots and lots of sellouts. Um, Sam Houston, on the other hand, Bowers Stadium, you're looking at 14,000. And same the same MO, not a lot of sellouts. So you've got two teams that aren't rivals. Um, they're approximately from the same area of the country, but they're, it's not like they're both from the same state. It's not as though this is a neutral site game that's a midway point or this is a historic rivalry. Um, they're in an NFL stadium that seats 72,000 people. Um, I, I, I haven't done enough research to know if like, Oh, the top bowl is going to be closed or something like that to, 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 to increase the atmosphere. Um, I have a pretty good idea of why they're playing this game in, uh, in Houston at NRG, but I gotta say, there's part of me that's like, okay, we got Mountain West, right? Air Force national brand, uh, as a service Academy, Sam Houston, maybe they're a Texas brand. I don't really know a lot about sort of Texas fandom in general, they're in Conference USA. Like, I'm going to sound terrible right now, but it's like, this ain't the AAC. This ain't even the Sun Belt. Like, Conference USA. Like, what are we doing here? Why are we playing in an NFL game? I don't know. Or an NFL stadium. Yeah, so, I guess to provide some context to this, uh, Sam Houston State and and uh, Stephen F. Austin, when they were both members in FCS, the Battle of the Piney Woods. So, for the next two years, um, Sam Houston State has – I guess game schedule energy and they're doing different approaches. I guess like this year they're, they're trying the national brand approach, bringing a national brand to NRG stadium next year. They're doing a local rival, an old rival in Texas state who used to share the conference with conference with, but you know, I mean, I kind of feel like this is akin to trying to think of a similar situation where like a neutral site rivalry was like ripped away due to conference realignment. But it's like, I guess, I guess if uh, the backyard brawl was played, in uh at a neutral site and uh either West Virginia or Pitt try to or I guess yeah I guess Pitt try to replace West Virginia with Marshall for that neutral site and you know I I mean that that's kind of what it's like I, I guess uh I think Sam Houston State fans from uh what I've heard um from friends of the program uh guys I've had on the podcast before uh Ben of Sports of SHSU is that you know the the travel experience was great for Sam Houston State fans and they want to keep that going. Uh, but yeah, like I, I kind of agree as well. I mean, if you can't get a power five to come to NRG stadium, which I think in the coming years, they will, it's like the service academies are like the next best thing. And of course, Navy has one non-conference slot per year. Um, that is, I mean, that changes with, you know, their three, you know, I mean, with the service academy games and the Notre Dame game. So they're off the table. Um, Army, which we'll get to later. I mean, the fact that I, I just think, I just think we could have made this work to be honest with you. Um, because there's two FCS schools in the schedule and, you know, it's, it's not really, you know, it's never great when you have to schedule two FCS schools. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, Air Force, on the other hand, I mean, I feel like they are, I feel like with a game like this, it kind of makes up in some way for uh, the recruiting edge that Army and Navy have by playing in the Army Navy game and for Navy playing at Notre Dame, playing, I guess, against Notre Dame and NFL stadiums every other year. So that's my initial thought. I, I mean, I would, I would love to see what the attendance is going to be, to be honest with you. Um, Cause I, I think uh, I remember, I think uh, air force fans didn't really travel too well to the last two commanders classics, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, the Commander's Classics um, in I, I, I this is just my opinion. I feel like they've especially last year, two years ago, less so, but especially last year. I do think that they uh, under delivered a little bit in terms of attendance. Um, you know, you had mentioned about the Battle of the Piney Woods um, against Stephen F. Austin. And obviously, you know, that's that's got to go away. And Sam Houston is still on the hook for some NRG games. I didn't realize they still had two more. They are absolutely making the best of a bad situation in, in trying to bring in a school like Air Force, because, you know, if they could get a game with Texas A&M or Texas or a power five school, you know, or even an SMU, um, you know, in Texas, I think that'd be ideal. But it's hard enough to get an out of conference game, let alone, um, you know, short notice. You're a conference USA school. You know, it's not going to be. Florida State against LSU um, that has major implications for the season. So I do think they're they're probably making the best of a bad situation. Um, the last few Battle of the Piney Woods um, at NRG, because it's been played there since 2010, um, you know, you're looking in the mid-20s in terms of attendance. So um, I can't compare that to FCS rivalry games at large. If that's a lot or a little, I don't know. Um, you know, obviously it's only a, a hair over a third the capacity of the stadium. So you get that big game feel, you get that bowl game feel, which I'm sure the teams love and I'm sure the fans love, but it is still a big stadium with mostly empty seats. So, you know, I think they're my prediction on where they're going to stand with their attendance. I mean, I think they're going to break 20 K. I think um, the last battle of the piney woods was like 26,000. I don't know if they're breaking that. I, I am going to put the, I'd put the over under at like 25,000. And I think I'd take the under. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's a fair estimate. I think 20,000 is a fair estimate for sure. Especially when you add in the fact, I mean, it's not exactly, well, I don't want to say this because I will contradict myself later on with the argument I make, but I feel like um, I don't know if Air Force fans are tired of going to Texas. I mean, with the Commanders Classics and and plus the last two bowls they played in, the First Responder Bowl and the Air Armed Forces Bowl, all in the DFW. Granted, it's Houston, but you know it's still Texas. But I feel like the general rule of thumb for scheduling these games, um, if you're in an area with Army bases, is have Army base or sorry, not Army, a military bases. Uh, have military bases will travel uh so i feel like you know um i guess alums will travel i just don't know what bases are near east texas so as luck would have it i happen to look up what bases are close to old nrg stadium uh and so this was actually going to be part of the hypothetical army versus sam houston discussion but Within a three to four hour drive, you're looking at Fort Hood, Fort Sam Houston, uh, the Corpus Christi Army Depot. I mean, I've never served, so I don't really know what an Army Depot is. I mean, I have an I, idea, I don't either. but like, right. It's like, I don't know if that's like a base base or if that's like a skeleton crew and a bunch of empty vehicles. Um, there are several naval air stations um, along the Gulf Coast, uh, as well as Ellington Field. And so... You know, if you're Air Force, you very well may have people at naval air stations. I mean, it's a naval air station, but, you know, military bases in the modern world, kind of everybody's everywhere as needed. So um, 
you know, I do think there is probably some homegrown interest, but, um, you know, something that I always think about, especially with army and them traveling and army bases is, you know, um, what percentage of active duty air force are graduates of the Academy? Um, you know, I, I do not know hard numbers. I believe the Air Force is the smallest branch, save for the Space Force. Um, so maybe there's a much higher percentage of, of um, airmen who attended the academy relative to the, the, the Army or the Navy. So maybe at those air stations, um, you know, there will be a dearth of, of officers who attended the academy who are dying to go to a game. But like you said, if they went to the Armed Forces Bowl, if they went to the First Responders Bowl, if they went to the Commander's Classic, they might also be like, I'm not driving, you know, four hours to go see Sam Houston. You know, I got other things to do. So I, I think it's a little bit of a, a guessing game. Texas is always obviously a hotbed for the military um, in all senses. So who knows? Maybe uh, maybe they catch a spark in a bottle and they, you know, this. 40 or 50,000 people there. I just don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think so either. Um, and, and again, like you said, it's funny you mentioned, I guess the percentage of graduates from service academies that are in the military. Cause I had experienced like before week one, when uh, we actually had like a couple day field exercise and uh, one of the, one of the warrant officers, he, he was, I mean, he's a BYU fan. I assume that he was a member of the church of, of our church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints. And, you know, we just talking about BYU and I was like, oh man, like Arby's playing this weekend. He's like, he's like, who cares about those guys? All they do is boss us around. I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think you knew, I, I don't think you knew I was a grad, but, uh, but I was, I was like message received. So I, I think that's a good point too, you know, where, uh, you know, it's like, it's like army football. We think like there's people like, I guess me as a kid that thought the army football team was the football team of the army when you know, really just represents like a small, right. amount, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Um, so I don't know. Um, again, listen, props to Sam Houston for pulling together um, everything they could as quickly as possible to, to try and get a team with some degree of cachet, um, you know, to get them at, at NRG. Cause if it's going to be them against whatever Western Kentucky, not to, not to, dump on them but it's like okay western kentucky you know in houston like this is meaningless you know um so you know we'll see we'll see yeah so i mean on to like the hypothetical our army uh i guess army scenario which is pretty much like what most of the viewers and listeners of the podcast are here for i think i i, I mean i'm not I, I have a lot of confidence and trust and respect for uh mike buddy course west points athletic director but for me it's just like a head scratcher i guess like not just for like scheduling sam houston state but scheduling you know jacksonville state kennesaw state you know all these like the teams that are moving up to fbs because like they need fbs non-conference games like in a hurry too um the fact especially that we haven't jumped on this opportunity to play a road game in an NFL stadium, it's just kind of head scratching. And I, I mean, I want to think that Army would draw, and this, this is where I'm kind of contradicting myself. I mean, I kind of I want to think Army would draw well in um, at NRG Stadium in Houston because it's an NFL stadium. Granted, you know, it's and it's a new one as well. And if you look at Army's bowl venues, you know, the past few years, I mean, it's been 
you know, the Armed Forces Bowl, you know, 2017, 2018, and 2021. And then, yeah, the Pandemic Liberty Bowl, which, you know, was by chance, you know, but of course it was during the pandemic. So, you know, not many Army fans were able to experience that. So, I mean, this, you know, this is truly, this would truly be a destination game playing at the Texas Stadium, you know, and if Army wants to recruit in Texas, you know, you have kids that probably grew up in East Texas, you know, watching the Texans play, you know, they get to play in that stadium, you know, guys that may have, I guess, their Army be their only, or I guess like the academies be their only D1 offer, like, that would just strike right to the heart of recruits like that. I think that, um, you know, we always joke that, that army will never miss opportunity to play a game in Texas because of the ability to recruit and the number of recruits who come out of uh, Texas. And I, I think that's true. There's been a lot, a lot of talk uh, this week in particular about army potentially joining the AAC. And one of the things that, that uh, has come up on a couple of different podcasts and in a couple of articles, um, and this is credit is not to me. It's to somebody who thinks much more about this and is much smarter about all this than I am. Um, is that if army were to jump into a conference, all of a sudden we would have lots and lots of games that have already been secured and contracted that we would need to get out of. So there very well may be an announcement that army is going to be joining the AAC in 2026 or 2027. Um, but probably not in 2024. So um, if that was to happen and we would still be needing to fill out 2024, 2025, maybe even 2026 to get those games. I mean, I know I spent the, like you said, I'm contradicting myself. I spent the first half of this podcast kind of crapping all over the idea of, of Air Force and Sam Houston, but I'd be fine for Army to go down there get an opportunity to play in an NFL stadium. You know, I, I think you could probably do some really cheap marketing. I don't mean cheap financially. I just mean cheap in terms of its quality. Talk about Sam Houston and the Republic of Texas. And this is the United States Military Academy and sort of like, you know, it would be very contrived. Like, let's get real. It would be very contrived, but I wouldn't put it past the good people, um, you know, at the, at, at, at the, at the university's uh, social media accounts and or CBS sports or whoever else might have the rights. I don't know how it works with conference USA home games um, to do, to do something. I don't know. I mean, there's no historic rivalry there, obviously. I don't believe these two teams have ever played each other. So, you know, you could do something with the military, but I don't know. Other than that, it would just be, it'd be like the Air Force game. It would be, this is a, a national school. This is a service academy, NFL stadium. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. And I mean, I think it's funny too, the Republic, bringing the Republic of Texas, you know, someone with a history degree. I just, I love the idea of bringing the history in, uh, I guess. But I'm thinking like, it's like, when you think about cheap marketing, I'm sure they can cobble together some like video editing with um, I guess Pete Dawkins is like late touchdown catch against Rice in '58. It's like Army <laughs> in Houston or something. You know, uh, and that's right. what I'm thinking of. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Well, and then it's like, well, Sam Sam Houston is going to need one time game alternates that like honor the Republic of Texas, and they're like <laughs> the Republic of Texas flag colors or something. And I don't know. Um, I'm not a history guy personally. But maybe it's got a picture of uh, 
I don't know. Wherever it was, Santa Ana lost. I don't know. I did some Wikipediaing this afternoon. This, this, this is the most I've known ever about the Republic of Texas uh, or the Mexican-American War in my life is this this exact moment. I mean, yeah, I got. I definitely got to do my like research more again on the uh, Mexican-American War. Well, not Mexican, but I guess the Republic of Texas. Mexican-American War, me kind of know a little bit about. Um, you know, I guess it's a fun fact. I remember uh, reading in college, I guess like mean that it was like a training ground for like all those civil war generals i think like at that time like uh, robert lee was a colonel and you know the other civil war generals were like colonels at that time but that that's that's another discussion for a podcast that's that doesn't belong to me and you know <laughs> but uh, but i mean yeah like i mean I, I can see them doing all the marketing and stuff but uh but i i just can't i just can't help but see like a missed opportunity for army too where it's like you know, it's like it's like what's the end game? I feel like if like we're if we're building a schedule, the end game is a national schedule, right? Um, so we, we have that down. We play in many locations. Um, granted, it's not national because I mean it doesn't really stretch out to the West Coast in many years, but that's again, you know, that's not to be petty, that's just a simple truth. Uh, in terms of national schedule as well. Another aspect of that is like playing in like very like iconic venues. I guess not not iconic, but like you know, attractive venues, you know, no offense to Louisiana Monroe. JPS Stadium doesn't really move the needle to like many college football fans. No offense to them. Um, NRG Stadium, you know, it's it's an NFL stadium that's you know, you know, it, it's that. So I, I just think it's a you know missed opportunity. But um, that being said, you know, if we join a conference, I mean, we'll have plenty of I guess interesting games. Like you know, hopefully, hopefully we join the conference before uh, USF leaves uh, Raymond James Stadium because that is that is a trip that is worthwhile. <laughs> well, I said I I did say on Twitter when the when the talk started about um, the AAC targeting Army as as the next um, football only school to come in, um, which I think they're probably trying really really hard to do, and I think is probably going to happen. Um, I did a pros and cons list on Twitter and I, uh, one of the pros I put was, well, they'll, they'll come to Tampa more. <laughs> so, you know, um, it would be, uh, I, I got my, my graduate degree from the university of South Florida. Uh, I'm not like a huge bulls fan. Um, but I do root for them. I do kind of think of them as my second team. Uh, so, it, you know, I wouldn't want to go there and see them beat my beloved Bulls, but it would be fantastic. I'd love to go see them. There's talk this year of them coming to the Gasparilla Bowl, which is at Ray J in Tampa. I'm like, oh, please, please, Army, enough of these Texas Bulls. Come to come to the Sunshine State so that I can see you in person um, because I'm definitely not making it to Mikey anytime soon. Yeah, same here. I mean, uh, I guess on the Mikey point, I mean, you know, I, I was talking to my mom. I was like, you know, with these re with these reunions, like there's some. I guess there's some years, like you know, if my re reunion happens like one year and like in the game, and I don't like the game, like I'd rather go to another game where Army's playing someone worth the darn instead of like actually <laughs> go to my reunion because I care more about the game than the reunion. But um, but yeah, like I mean, you know, with the American, I mean, the sad thing is, I guess like uh, there's only. I mean, I love NFL venues, but there's only two teams that play in the NFL venues. I guess USF and Temple. Temple, of course, is kind of like, you know, eh, because, you know, the Army-Navy game, you know, so it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, we already but... got something going on in Philly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to I want to go back to your point, I guess, about like the scheduling, which I, I, I'm kind of like on the other side where I think that Army would make this happen as soon as possible. 
because um, when it came to like other independents, like joining conferences like BYU, New Mexico State, it was kind of like an ex- like I mean, what they told the teams that they had prior commitments to, it was kind of like an expression that I've learned at work. Fitfo, figure it the f out to like the teams that were like, you know, that were you right. know that were on their schedule. So I mean, it's it sucks. It's a sucky situation, but it's like you know, I mean. Well, the guys, the guys on As for Football, they did a pretty good deep dive on this, and they were saying that, um, you know, it's it wouldn't be impossible for the AAC to say we really, really want you in our conference, and for Army to say, cool, we're going to need a little assistance on buying out some of these contracts. You want us sooner? We've got lots and lots of contracts that we need to buy out, or we need some sort of step approach where. The first year we play fewer conference games in order to accommodate, um, you know, prior contracts. I personally don't want to see Army go into the AAC. Um, I don't want to see them go into any conference. I want them to stay independent. Um, My great fear is that if they were to stay independent, they wouldn't be able to schedule any games or at least not schedule any games that I want to see them play because, how do you schedule a game with a power four, maybe one day a power three team that's got a, you know, it's in a conference with 20 other teams. They, they, they have no out of conference schedules. So those games literally just go away. So at that point, um, you know, we need to be in a conference sort of to protect ourselves. And then um, sort of a, a really outside chance pipe dream would be that, um, Army joins the AAC or yeah, the AAC. And then I don't know, eight years from now, um, the big, the big boys in the ACC get snatched up and Clemson and Florida state and whoever else, Virginia tech or whoever, you know, they get poached by other conferences at which point the ACC says, well, we're going to be an academic conference. We've got Cal, we've got Stanford, we've got Duke and Wake and Georgia Tech. And they might, maybe they come calling and they go, hey, Army, hey, Navy, you know, you all are academic institutions. We want to be an academic conference. And then we're in the ACC, which would be sort of like just an incredible turn of, <laughs> of events to go from an independent to, you know, being in the Atlantic Coast Conference in whatever, 10 years. But I don't know. Crazier things have happened. I don't think anybody saw this happening six months ago. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, you're right on that because, I mean, I, I guess um, I never envisioned uh, any conference having more than 16 teams. But, you know, here we are where, you know, we're, I guess, I, I, I'm I'm going to be optimistic and say we're not in the Super League era of college football. But, you know, that that is in the realm of possibility, unfortunately. Uh, but that being said, I mean, we'll just we'll just have to see uh, in, in the future. But I mean, I, I guess one last note on the independence, like independence is cool for me. But I just feel like a lot of the schedules we play or like the future schedules are just like kind of uninspiring to me, really. Like there's very few games where I look at as an old grad. I'm like, man, you know, like. You know, I would love to see Army. Like, I mean, the only games really that like really excited me were like the ACC games. Um, otherwise, it's just like you know, kind of like a you know group of five hodgepodge where it's like not really teams that we have tradition with, you know, traditional series with, you know, except for maybe a Rice, you know. But I saw I saw Army play Rice as a cadet, you know, so it's like stuff like that, and it's like you know, it just kind of feels hodgepodge ish. 
I do hope that we keep our Northeast rivals, though, in non-conference play, that we keep UConn and UMass in the schedules. But aside from that, like, I'm all in on the American. I'm definitely keen to have Army continue playing uh, geographically Northeastern schools as best we can, um, regardless of where we end up in a conference. Um, I, I forget who it was. It was a former coach had said that, you know, the, the ideal season is you've got three games that, that looking at on the schedule, you are not favored to win. You got three games that are going to be, we'll see, it's going to be a tug of war slugfest. And, and, and if everything goes right and we, we perform to our best, we will win. And then we got three games that, you know, you never want to call the opposition a patty cake maybe the way I did before we played the university of Louisiana Monroe, but um, you know, sort of like three that you'll probably lose three that are toss up and three that you'll probably win. And then if you overperform or you do as absolute best you can, you end up with this real crackerjack great season. Um, I, I love how many power five teams we're playing this year. I want to play that many power five teams every year. It doesn't necessarily have to be Michigan followed by LSU followed by, um, you know, whatever, Texas. But uh, I love – I the more Power 5 teams we play, the better. And whether we're in the AAC or not, I don't know how many Power teams we're playing moving forward because, like we said, we're not in super conferences yet, but we're on the doorstep. And when you got a 20-team or a 24-team conference, those, those teams aren't getting out of conference games. They're getting one. And it's going to be against an FCS school so that they can have a warm up or they can have a, you know, a practice week or something like that. I, I, I don't see them breaking down their door to risk playing a, a, a group of five school. I just don't I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree as well. I mean, unless that group of five schools like bad, you know, like that can also be the paycheck game as well. But yeah, I mean. And I I, I kind of see like this year is like an anomaly though like um because well like just is there 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 there'll be more years like 2019 where Michigan was our only Power Five t- uh, game then there are like years like this where we have four I mean is it four because we got Syracuse Syracuse LSU, BC, BC LSU is there there are four I thought there was a fourth. Was it, was it Wake or is that next year? year? I, I think next year is the four because I think I think Wake's on the schedule next year and possibly Notre Wait. Dame. But oh god, I don't want to play Notre Dame again. <laughs> that was it's Yankee Stadium though. It's a, it's at Yankee Stadium. So yeah, no, no, no. Last time we played him, it didn't end well. I know that Bradshaw sat because he was injured. Which I don't know how injured he was. I think he was a little dinged up. I don't know if he was really not game ready. I think Munkin made the right decision having him sit regardless of how injured he was. It just was not a pretty game to watch. Um, but your viewers from Navy understand what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, um, I don't know next year though. I feel like if you're an army fan, you know, like this is, this is like the super, like this is like the super bowl. Like this is like the equivalent of like army going to the Rose bowl again. Cause it's like, it's a hundredth anniversary of the four horsemen of the four horsemen, uh, poem that, you know, Grantland Rice wrote and everything. It's just like, you know, maybe like the last farewell of, you know, college football's heart, you know, like in 2024. But I mean, I, I, I've i like sat down with my girlfriend and told her like the whole situation. I'm like, you know, backtracked like 1924, made a stop in 1946, made a stop in 2010. And then like, you know, like this game means everything. But <laughs> right, right. Well, 
We'll just, we're just got to see how it goes. We just got to see how it goes. And getting back to the original topic of what would Army versus Sam Houston look like? Again, as I was totally picking apart Air Force versus Sam Houston being like, yeah, they'll get 20,000, but they probably won't get 25. My estimation for an Army Sam Houston game would be only marginally more than that. Probably between 25 and 30 would be my guess, just because I do know that Army does travel relatively well especially in texas but they ain't filling a 72,000. i mean if army air force can't fill a baseball stadium army sam houston ain't filling an nfl stadium that's something that just came to me on our original topic is like air force is like recent success like if you look if you look like recently with the exception of the pandemic season like air force is kind of steadily climbing back to I won't say like the peak in the Fisher DeBerry years. Like I, I mean, like Fisher DeBerry's peak in like the the eighties and nineties was amazing. Probably never to be replicated by Air Force again. But they're like kind of just below that. I mean, twenty nineteen they went eleven and two and beat um Washington State and Mike Leach in the uh, rest in peace Mike Leach. But in the uh, Cheez-It Bowl in Arizona, twenty twenty was a pandemic year. Twenty twenty one, I think they won ten games. I think they had a nine and three regular season and beat Louisville. And um and Malik Cunningham in their bowl game. And then last year, too, like, I think there was another 10-win year where they just, honestly, they just, like, dominated Baylor. Like, they dominated a Power 5 team. It wasn't, like, the past two bowl games they had against Power 5 teams where they just kind of skated by and, um, you know, and kind of survived the Power 5. They they really dominated Baylor um in Baylor's backyard, too, you know, granted. So I, I kind of wonder, like, that sort of air of like national importance of this game, because I, I do have air force as a group, as a near six sleeper out of the group of five, because with the way Boise state looked last week against Washington, um, not as competitive as I thought they would be. I mean, I thought that game would have been closer. Like air force really has a chance to take the mountain West at, with the 11 and one, and if not 12 and zero record, because I mean, Let's be real as an Army fan, you know, I mean, I, I expect like a low scoring game between Air Force, but I, I just don't know if we have the juices here to beat Air Force. Um, and then, of course, with Navy, too, like Air Force, you know, is light years ahead. I, Navy. I, I feel like Air Force, um, I've, I look at Air Force and I don't think that they're on the upswing. Honestly, I look at them and I think to myself, like, I don't even know if they've really gone anywhere um, with a few recent exceptions. You know, anytime Army beats Air Force, I am breathing a sigh of relief. Um, you know, you look at their records in the CIC, they've obviously been the most successful football, um, the, the most successful school in the CIC since it's existed. So not in the entirety of all of college football, but, you know, since whatever it was, 71 or 72 when it came around. Um, and... You know, and then obviously Navy under Coach Ken had just, you know, really tremendous success. Um, and and Army is kind of like, we've kind of worked our way back up into things, but, you know, now we got a new offense and we're going to see how it goes. I feel like Air Force, they're not on the way up. They're, they've always been more or less up. Um, I'm also not a typical um, Army fan in that. Uh, so my fandom comes from my father, who both served, attended, and played football at West Point. And um, something that he ingrained in me from the very, very beginning was um, priority number one is to root for Army. And priority number two is to root for Air Force and Navy. 
except for when they're playing army because I like that. I like that. Because it's, you know, it's look, you can listen. He, he will tell you misty eyed stories about one fight, one team and what it was like when he was deployed in, in hot areas um, and, and what it meant to have support and, and cooperation from those other branches. Uh, but beyond that, it, you know, a, a rising tide, what is it? Sinks all ships, raises all ships. I don't know. I'm not a boat guy, uh, clearly. So, you know, if, if air force is a sleeper new year's six team, that's good. That's fantastic. I mean, I don't want to see it at the price of them beating army, but if they're, you know, nothing would make me happier than for army to go undefeated for Navy to have one loss to army and to win the AAC and for, uh, Air Force to have two losses, one to Navy, one to Army, and for Air Force to win the Mountain West. I mean, that is what makes, that would make Army the strongest of all of them and give us the best chance to do something fantastic in the postseason. So why wouldn't we root for that? And, you know, Mitty Wid Shipman aside or whatever on Twitter, you know, and the trolls who love to, who, who love to come at everybody, you know, I try not to do too much trolling. I give smart ass responses sometimes. They're maybe not as smart as I think they are. Um, but like, I genuinely don't wish the ill to those schools. Other people do. That's cool. You know, you, everybody does fandom their own way. I'm not going to begrudge that. Uh, you know, I'm not going to turn on a Navy game and rah cheer, cheer, cheer. But I'll look at the box score and be content to know that they beat, you know, that they upset whatever Eastern Carolina. Hey, that's great. Because now if we can beat them, it makes us look even better. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I mean, uh, like in 2015, like watching Keenan Reynolds like last year, like, you know, I was hoping that they would have a strong record and Army would upset them. You know, I mean, same thing with 2016, which 2016, it worked out for us where, you know, Navy was on the doorstep of the New Year's Six. I mean, and, you know, it, it was a great win on top of ending the streak. It was just a great quality win for Army and like one of national relevance would have been even more nationally relevant if they would have taken care of business against Temple. But, you know. Injuries happen, you know, tragically, you know, I mean, injuries happen as, as it did for Navy that year. But I mean, I completely agree. And I, I think something that's interesting with like the Air Force, Sam Houston State game is like, I can't help but think like if this game were like kind of later on in the year, like maybe October, which like I know it's hard to do because of non-conference schedules and Air Force already has Navy in late October, which I can't remember the last time that that's been like that they've played like this late into the year. Um, but you know, with say Air Force comes in undefeated, um, you know, in in mid October, ranked like in the you know top twenty five. I can't imagine, but uh, think about like how much of a watermark event this would be for academy football with you know a ranked Air Force team playing a neutral site game at an NFL stadium. Like and like, I mean, of course, it's not you know, it's not like you know the Red River rivalry or it's gonna sell it or anything. But it, but it's like it, it has like it would have a cool feel, like a cool national. Um, national event type feel, you know, rather than being just, you know, another soulless cash grab type game. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I will say when I was doing research into air force, Sam Houston, and I, you know, I don't know anything about Sam Houston state football. And I was like, Oh, the battle of the piney woods. Oh, against Stephen F. Austin. Oh, must be a historic rivalry. What's going on there. And I started to dig into that. And then I was like, oh, they're not playing this year. Oh, because Sam Houston has moved up. Oh, they have a contract with this football stadium. 
and they got to do something with it. Well, okay, now I see what's going on. So it's like, you know, I don't know if I'd say it's a soulless cash grab, but it's, um, you know, it is a little like, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> Yeah, I would agree. And like I, I'm definitely pro neutral side games because I just I just love the spirit of bowl games and the spirit of uh, of you know events like that. The the civic spirit, you know, what a what a nice neutral side game does to a local community and economy. Um so you know, I, I guess in saying the whole souls remark, you know, I'm um I guess sort of leaning towards or I, I forget the word pandering towards like those in the the, the college football periods that are like, I'll oh, keep all the games on campus, you know, and everything. But just know that I am pro neutral site game, you know, and you know, <laughs> may, maybe it's not as soulless as I, as I as I made it out to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I am curious what your take is on um, this. Is like totally far afield, but let's say Army does go into the AAC, and um, you know the discussions are now that Army Navy would be still considered a non conference game. So they could still play every year. And the, there's even discussions of keeping it the week after the AAC championship. Cool. So what happens in like 2031 when both teams are peaking at the exact same time and they play each other in the AAC championship and then a week later they play each other in the Army-Navy game? Does that actually happen? Could the world implode? with army and Navy playing twice back to back in a season. What are your thoughts? So my thing was, is like, as I talked um, on like my, on my earlier podcast on like broader, like Northeastern conference realignment talk, you know, with UMass, cause I thought UMass would have been the ones implicated in the American, but uh, you know, UMass fans are a cool bunch of people. You know, there's a, there's a few accounts I follow and I shot them out at the curse of you, um, you know, great, great account to follow. But, um, you know, uh, that being said, on other podcasts, I, I, I just mentioned that I think conference championship games are very meaningless, you know, especially in years where there's like truly a clear cut champion. And I can give you like so many, um, like so many examples where a conference championship game, like almost literally like lost a conference, like, you know, money, money and like Nash, pretty much like national titles, like, and oddly enough, almost all of them come to the big 12. But I, I can't I can't really explain it. But, you know, like this past year, you know, TCU, Kansas State, like did that conference championship game really need to happen? Because we had a four loss team playing a 12 and 0 team, a team that, you know, that was a, that was a matchup that happened earlier in the season and TCU beat Kansas State. So it was like, what are we proving here? So that's my first part of that, that answer. Where I, I feel like conference championship, game, conference championship games are very meaningless unless there's a tiebreaker that, you know, unless there's a tie that needs to be broken. So my solution for that, for this whole situation is if Army and Navy are the top two teams in the American because they don't do divisional play in the American, why not cancel the American title game and have the actual Army-Navy game be the conference championship game? Like we'll say, hey, the Army-Navy game, the official Army-Navy game is the conference championship game. We're not having an AAC championship this year and everyone will be happy except and for just load, just just pile more pomp and circumstance and presentation and everything oh my goodness that that i mean that's that's not the worst idea in the world i mean i am i i feel the same way you do about conference championship games i think that by and large they're totally unneeded um what's really interesting is what happens when you have a conference with 24 teams it's like 
well, you're going to divide it up into whatever, an East division and a West division, let's say. Well, what's going to happen is you're going to have two 12-team divisions. So you're going to have an East division championship game and a West division championship game. And then the winners of those will meet in the actual championship game. And slowly but surely, it's going to be like, that's right, the big whatever, 24, is going to have a four-team playoff. I mean, that's that is where we're headed when we with these super conferences. So, you know, I I I don't think, you know, uh, the likelihood of Army and Navy and the AAC championship happening, like the doomsday scenario. I don't really think that's something we need to worry about. I really want Army Navy to stay after all the championship games. I love that it's the only game. I love that it's by itself. It gets more eyes on it, more attention. Um, more more notoriety for the service academies. It's a win-win, you know, across the board. Yeah, and I mean, in a perfect world, uh, perfect pre-conference championship game world, I mean, even, I'll even say like pre-2005, before the Big 12 expanded and ACC expanded out their championship games, where it was just an SEC title game, where you just had Army-Navy in the afternoon preceding the SEC title game. Like, that, that was the ideal schedule. You know, but conference championship games had to, you know, ruin everything. I mean, I, I really think I really think uh, that's one of the things that we overlook in terms of like where we're at right now, because all a conference championship game is, is an extra TV game or an extra, not even game, an extra piece of TV inventory for a conference to have. That's really all it is. You know, an extra national TV spot for a conference to have, Um, you know, so. I don't know. Maybe this is my uh, old man. Old man shakes fists at crowd, or more like young man acts like old man shaking fists at crowd. But I, I, I'm just like I'm just so disillusioned, and I feel like that's where I'm taking out my my anger on just the idea of conference championship games. Well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's that's all that's all we can do, you know. But I mean, like in years like this too, and I, I guess this will be my last point before I get off this this soapbox, this uh this this grouchy soapbox. But it's like in years like this where Conference USA with nine teams where everyone's playing round robin, they're having a conference championship game. And it's just like, why are we doing this, guys? And and it's on a Friday night. You know, you have a conference that stretches from Miami to El Paso and you're having a conference championship game on a Friday night. It's like, well what what are we trying to accomplish here? The the conference only has nine teams. You know, is it so that that that's all I gotta say. You know, my conference <laughs> championship rants over, but you know that that's it. I'm done. Well, um, I I thought that when you reached out to me about being on this podcast, you said it was going to be a short episode. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I think we're clocking in at almost an hour here. Um, I'm on East Coast time, uh, and and I'm going to be I'm going to be high stepping through the swamp tomorrow. So I should probably. I should probably hit the hay, but I, I just want to say go. thank you so much, man, for inviting me on again. I always have a blast with you, Omar. This is fantastic. Uh, yeah, you know, I know we didn't talk about it, but beat Dell State. Yeah, beat Delaware State, and I, I, sure hope, I sure hope we do. I hope we beat a team that lost to a D2 team, but if <laughs> not. Please, please. Yeah, like, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, um, I'm trying not to say the Y word, you know, because uh, it. <laughs> If we if we lose that that'll that'll be even worse than uh the 2014 you know Y word game but um but that being said 
Uh, thank you again, Cuthbert, for joining. I, I enjoy it. I'm sorry for keeping you up so late. Um, you know, I too will be stepping through the swamp, you know, waking up early for formation. But um, until next time, everyone, peace, love, and soul.